in the studio. We have our uh, Barry Calvert. How are you, Barry? I'm frightfully well. <laughs> well, I feel the same way. Even though we didn't uh, use our, uh, well, our usual handshake, because us old codgers got to watch ourselves with this virus, and also we're distancing here. And we, as you can see, we, we there's a book and all those things that you spray and wipe your hands with being old fellas, because apparently we're the most susceptible. Yeah, well, I'm feeling very vulnerable, but um, so far, fingers crossed, I'm okay. I, I did feel a bit funny a couple of months ago. I went for the test. All came back negative, but um, I don't know if you had the test, have you, Gary? But it's when they stick that thing up your nose, it feels like it's going to go through the, right through your brain out the top of your head. Oh, no, no, I haven't, but I've seen something in the Telegraph today about uh, uh, down in Victoria, the Premier there, where there's someone shoving a six-foot rod up his nose and yeah. he's telling everyone to go to New South Wales. It was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's. I, I mean, I, I would go back if I had to, but I just... I was surprised at how far up it's got to go. I didn't think the nose went that far up, but, you know, Ma- it does apparently. For sure, mate. I can see you scratching your ear there. It didn't come out there, did it? It could have come it close. Have. It would have come close, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that later, but uh, Windsor, Windsor Bridge saved by the bell. Great campaign. Oh, yeah, look, this this um, heritage bridge of ours is part of our city. It's part of our history. And uh, there's been a big fight, of course, about the new bridge, but people are trying to muddy the waters and, and, and combine the two fights, the old bridge and the new bridge. A lot of people who were in favour of the new bridge, now they don't want the old bridge torn down. They never did. They just wanted a new bridge. And so I think the government in particular is trying to muddy the waters and say, everyone wanted the new bridge. Yes, they did. Well, a lot of people did. But no, they didn't also want the old bridge torn down. No it's way. A dif- different matter. And they're trying to combine the two into one. I think that's 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 not not very helpful. Not, it isn't. People I've spoken to have said to me, "Look, you know, I support the government and I support the new bridge, but there's no reason to tear the old one down." And all the reports, the 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 action groups that have been working up there for years have had all these private reports, these engineering reports. They all say the bridge is very sound. It's not going to fall down. It's got a, it's got many years left in it yet. This thing about it falling down is a furphy. And also they say, well, it only needs a bit of cosmetic work to fix it up. It's got a few hairline cracks here and there and a bit of this and a bit of that. But the um, RMS or Transport for New South Wales, I think they call themselves now, they're quoting figures like $18 million to fix it and that's that's ridiculous. It doesn't need that kind of money. Well, if no traffic's going to go on, it'll last forever. Exactly. It's yeah. been through so many floods. I've seen, you know, yeah. tens of tons of logs and cross knows what on that bridge holding it back. Yeah. But as I've, I've, we've had many of arguments over many years about this bridge. Now, the, the two common things was, um, and, and Susan Templeton, you know, uh, all of them, and the, the two theories was that, oh, they want the bridge to go because they want to barge sand down the river. And the other one is if the, if the bridge, a flood, well, there's a flood, it took the old bridge out, it would take out the new. Yeah. They're the, always two things. And I can't see either of those scenarios myself. But. No, well, the, the funny thing is, at the same time, the Transport New South Wales is looking to build a second bridge at North Richmond next to the existing one, right next to it. $200 million allocated yeah, for that, I something think. Something like that. Yeah. So how can they say at Richmond it's it's not a problem to have two bridges next to each other, whereas at Windsor it is? And this is state-related, isn't it? State government, yes. Yeah. Now, how, how can that be true? Either it's a problem or it's not a problem. So all the, all the maps I've seen for the new 
duplication bridge at North Richmond is to go right next to the existing one. So it's not an argument. And the other thing is it's a bit of distance between the two bridges and that old bridge is built of concrete and if it did collapse, I would think it would just sink to the bottom. I I can't see it floating along in the water. It's, It's all straight, thick concrete. So my experience, concrete doesn't float, but anyway... And when the last flood was on a month or two ago, all the um, big trees and things got stuck behind the old bridge right? and actually protected the new bridge. If the old bridge wasn't there, then all those trees that were floating down would have gone straight into the new bridge. So I, I see it just the opposite, that the old bridge actually protects the new bridge and th- that's not an argument either, that it, that it would knock the new bridge down. I think that's ridiculous. I think it is too. Yeah. And, well, I just signed it this, this morning. I'm slow out of the gates but I signed this morning. When I signed it, was there after ten thousand uh, signatures, and I was up to I was I think about eight hundred and thirty-two or something. So, um, I think they're, they're after ten thousand signatures. They've got about eight thousand. Yeah. yeah, over eight thousand this morning. Yeah. Only eight and a half by this morning, yeah. and I think they'll get a lot more after they listen to us today. Yeah, come on, folks, go online. Well, we had that impromptu meeting just last Friday in the park. and that was designed to launch our campaign. We only gave people two days' notice, and I was expecting. 20 people to turn up because it was really just an announcement we're going to start the campaign. Well, I don't know how many we've got. If you've seen the pictures, we've got a couple of hundred right. turned up with very little notice. And that just shows you how strongly people feel about this bridge. They'll, they'll make, and it was a working day. People came on a working day in the afternoon just to uh, make it known that they want to keep the bridge. So I think it's a very strong feeling in this community. Oh, oh, it's real strong because I keep having a vision of this new bridge. It's, you know, it's, a bit, it's a bit suspect the way it's, it's – and it nearly flooded the last flood, as we know. <laughs> we come up and come right to the top yep. of that bridge and everyone, as soon as that comes to the top there, it's all over anyway with some of the roads. Yep. Uh, but the, that uh, iconic bridge sitting there just as markets, a walkway, is a real tourist grab, I reckon. Yep. Yeah. And and you picture that, people walking across it, you've got the park now, that'll all look nice. It's a no-brainer. And, yeah. and why, this, why what's the state government saying? What are they saying? Well, they're saying what I just said, that it's yeah. too expensive. Too expensive. And, it, and it's yeah. a danger to the, to the new bridge and that's all it's, they're saying. No traffic on it. It's not going to come. It's not going to go anywhere without traffic. So we had a meeting with the Minister, Andrew Constance, last week and asked him about whether he'd seen all these other reports and he hadn't seen them in it. He's been fed information straight by the RMS, I believe. Oh, he's right. only getting that viewpoint. And if, if you only did get that viewpoint, then you'd probably be saying what he's saying because mm. that's the only information he's received. So we've, we've asked the defenders of Thompson Square to give us all the, all the data, all the engineering reports, and they're all being sent to him. And we've asked him if he would take the time to read them, and he said he would. So maybe he'll see things differently when he reads those reports. Right, so they want you to come to Thompson Square on the 19th of July and sign the petition? Yes, well, because of COVID, we can't have a rally. So what we're having is inviting people to come along and ring a bell. And we we were going to ask anyone to come between 9 and 5, but we've been advised that what we have to do is get people to book in. And the idea of booking in is so that there's no more than 20 people at a time in uh, Thompson Square because not allowed to have a rally. So we're asking people to go on to our, uh, to the to the address, which is all one word, Windsor Bridge Saved by the Bell. dot eventbrite. dot com. dot au. 
Eventbrite is spelled E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E. Now, that address is on the council website. So if you go to the council website and look up this Windsor Bridge um, campaign, you'll find all those details there. You'll find out how to, how to contact us and book yourself in. You'll also find details of the petition and how to go on the petition. And we're also asking people to contact the Premier because we haven't heard anything from her on this issue. We've heard something from the Minister. We want her to realise that this is a big issue out here and people really mm. feel strongly about it. And um, I've left a few flyers for you, Gary, which tell, yes. tell people how to contact the Premier. Um, now, if you go to uh, our website once again, it'll give you these. There's a tweet address and a, a Facebook and a, um email address. And you don't have to just use one of those. If you've got, if you can use all of them, then use all of them and let right. let the premier know how important this is to the community. And I think the thing that she really needs to know is that many of the people who supported the new bridge also want to keep the old bridge, and she needs to know that the two things are very separate issues, and she shouldn't be confused by what's happened in the past with the arguments about the new bridge. This is a different matter. Now, on the 19th, if you can book in and come along and ring the bell, then <clears throat> at the same time, you can fill in the petition if you haven't done so already. And um, the idea there is to tell the Premier and show and demonstrate to her how many people are willing to come out and do this. Where with the COVID uh, situation at the moment, which tends to be rising again, which is a worry, um, this all could be cancelled at the last minute. But right. we, do, we do have a plan B, which is to do this online. And if that happens, well, I'll let everyone know next week that that's, that's what's going to happen. For sure. We know she's, um, we, we know she's you know, sidetracked by, this, um, by COVID-19 and that, yep. but, um, which, is make, which is really hard to get her focus on something like that, who she might perceive, well, it's only a bridge that's very important for us in the, in the area. Now, you, you're saying the state government need to tell us the cost associated with both the retention and the demolition options yep. um, to, to make the public uh, more in-depth what, um, what, what's actually happening there. So what would be cost more? Pull it down or leave it. Well, according to some people I spoke to on Friday, it would cost more to pull it down than to, than to give it the cosmetic repairs it needs. Well, it's only cosmetic. <clears throat> it's it's nothing serious. There's no traffic. We're talking about people maybe walking about it or yeah. maybe a car or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe a car now and again. Yeah. But um, we like to. We've been talking to local business and they'd like to set things up on the bridge, like coffee carts and stalls and what have you. Right. <clears throat> and what it does, it links the two sides of the river. A lot of people come out here on the weekend and they drive across the bridge, have a picnic and on the other side in Macquarie Park and then drive home and they never drop in at the, the, the town because they find it too difficult to do to, to both, especially if you've got a few kids in tow. Well, this way you could go across and park in the park and walk across the town. It's all connected. I think it would be a terrific um, improvement for our tourism numbers and I think the Premier is very keen on in increasing our tourist numbers and getting our towns all back to where For they sure. were. And this would be a brilliant, brilliant way of doing it. So I just have on the opinion that she has not been given the whole story and I think if we do make her very aware of this, then there is a possibility that she will at least do what I did, what I said last week, and that is have a stay of execution at least. 
and not tear it down because it's due to be torn down in a couple of weeks. And and give us a, a year or so in which case... A couple of weeks? Yep. Wow. Give us a year or so where we're, as a community we can work on a management plan and put that to her and say, look, this is how we can afford to keep the bridge and use it in the community. That's the first thing we're asking for, a stay of execution. Well, it's a bit of an awkward world at the moment, Barry, with COVID-19. What's uh, council operations there? Look, we're doing our best to provide all the services we normally do. Um, of course, as a, a building, as, as an institution, we've had to be careful about spacing people out in the building and taking all the precautions. And uh, our meetings, our council meetings are now <clears throat> online and there's one next Tuesday night and anyone can tune into our meeting. You just go to our website and on the front page of the website, it tells you how to get into our meetings. You can go in and listen or if you want to speak on one of the items as, as you've always been able to in the chambers, you can still do that as well. You just need right. to fill in the thing, send it in and our IT people will set up a, a way that you can come and speak online as well. Right. We've already had it. We've had, I don't know, four or five meetings online now and they, they seem to be working well. And a lot of our meetings are at the council are all online. I'm, I'm meeting with ministers about various things. It's all through Zoom and other things, it's all online. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking it's not a bad idea because... You're a Zoom man, are you? Well, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> I mean, it's good to go into town, into Parliament House and talk to a minister. But on the other hand, uh, most of them have less than half an hour spare. Right. So you're doing a two-hour drive in, half an hour to find parking if you're lucky, and then, you know... Another. Oh, yeah, not me. So a 20-minute talk can take you five hours in and out. It's just a total waste of energy and time, whereas now I can do it from my study at home. It's just right. turn it on, off we go, you know. Change the way we do things. And I think it's good. I think yeah, it's really oh, good. for sure. It's saving, and the, look, the air is so clean, you know, there's pollution's gone, it's fantastic. Out our way, you mean, or in, <laughs> not in town, that's for sure. I don't like well, driving in, in there. Even in town, it's, it's a lot clean, cleaner now. Yeah, well, Maxwell, I know you. You know you have the green credentials, and that you've always we've always yeah. talked about that, which is a great thing. When you were talking about looking after your grandkids, like I do, school yeah. holidays look yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and and it's, you know we've got to think of their future too. You know, yeah. and I think this is this is part of our our future is to to do this more often. And now, COVID has shown us that it can work. Yes, and a lot of our workers in council are working from home. Um, you, you've got to worry about them being isolated. So maybe they come into work one day a week and get their, you know, material and go away again. But the bulk of the week they can work from home. And, and the ones I've spoken to, they, they think they're getting at least as much done as they used to. And they don't have this big drive either way. And, you know, if they want to get lunch, it's just in the fridge on the, you know, one room away. They don't have to, it's yeah, it's so much easier. Yet, and the work tends to be more efficient, and um, more relaxed it, atmosphere. And yeah. you see it done on the ABC, um, ABC on the where they talk about you know one guy's you know isolating home for months. I think I just got back in the studio, yeah. JB, whatever his name is. Yeah. But and and then the consequence of that is there's a lot of rentals. Uh, in Sydney at the moment, that for business places where people aren't yeah. going back to work, they're doing it from home. Yeah, I know. Well, there's you know there's. Swings and roundabouts, um, you know, people who have pe places to rent, offices to rent may find it difficult now because people are working from home. Working from home. So it's a big adjustment to our economy and it's not going to be easy, 
But I think in the long run it'll be better. We, we'll, we'll have less cars on the road to start with. Every year all you hear from um, people like me in the council is, when are you going to fix this road? When are you going to fix... We keep talking to the state government, we need a million dollars to fix this. You know, well, if there's less cars on the road, we, we don't need this many... Well, New exactly. Roads, it's you know? got so many pluses, Barry, for sure. So the, the bushfire recovery, what's happening there? Uh, bushfire recovery is, is still in action. Um, I think some people thought that, you know, the recovery was going to be for one week after the bushfires and then we'd go right. away. But that's not the case. We realise that um, the effects of this bush, this latest bushfire are ongoing. They're going to be going for at least another year or so. And we have um, a link that you can go to www.yourhawksbury-yoursay.com.au slash bushfire recovery. If you just go to council's website again and type in bushfire recovery, it should come up. And on that site, we've got a whole lot of details about financial assistance, uh, help for your health and well-being, help for you if you're a land landholder or primary producer, if you need a temporary house, if you've got waste to clean up, or you want to know about community projects, it's all on there. So <clears throat> once again, if you're out there in, in the bush somewhere and you feel like uh, you, you're struggling, then please go on that site and look for the uh, people that can assist you. That's what they're there for. Yeah, I've seen it. I know with a lot of people, the bushfire recovery payment, uh, There was there's a lot of people in the Hawkesbury claim that. Yeah. thousand bucks. Yeah. There's also 400 a, bucks for kids. There's a lot who didn't claim it, who should have. That's right, unaware. Yes. Unaware. So if you're listening now, go onto our website and type in bushfire recovery and have a check to see whether you're, whether you're eligible. eligible. Yeah. And I thought it ran out on the 6th, but that's still going, do we know? Yeah, most of it runs out, but there's a whole lot of new ones that have come in as well. So Right. Give it a go, folks. Yep. yep. Right. Um, well, well, the... Um, okay, Hawkesbury Business Hub. They're saying you can scribe uh, business newsletter, register your business on the company, on currently launched business directory. So what, what's that all about, um, Barry? Business, we've got to get that going again. Yeah, look, we're, we're trying to encourage business to work together and um, we found in the bushfires that a lot of businesses had never actually spoken to other businesses in the, um, in the district. And when a couple of people, a couple of councillors set up uh, websites like Back to Bilpin and there's a few others out there, they, they found that people started talking to each other and realising, hey, I can sell my product to that business and I can work with this business. And, and there was this crossover that they'd never seen before. A bit of diversity. And uh, it's been working really well. So councillors set up this business hub where businesses could go in and basically just shop, I suppose, shop to see what other businesses are around that they can work with. And in the in the beginning, uh, the, the council staff were running that and, you know, getting people to come along, but now it tends to be running itself. The businesses have taken it over and then they say it is a good idea and we're just sitting back letting it go. And it's, So it's like some sort of amalgamation or just a like mix a and match or? Conversation, I would say, between businesses working out how they can work together. and Complement each other in a financial way? Because people were finding they were buying products for their business and they're buying them from Blacktown or somewhere else when they're actually, actually in Windsor. Saw some lo local. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's where it's, where it's at. We're getting people to talk with their local businesses. Keep it local, for sure. And it's working. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. So uh, 
plastic free July. I thought it was dry July there for a moment. I thought of locking the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> like that's in you know that's probably running parallel. I'd say, but yeah, we know how much plastic. You know, two hundred and fifty million people world worldwide are taking positive action to reduce yeah. waste. Yes, this is a, a worldwide uh, project. It happens every July and. What they're asking you to do is to think about the plastic you use um, on a daily basis, like your shopping bags, plastic straws, mm. water bottles. And here am I sitting with a water bottle, but I tell you, <laughs> I, I refill that. I don't. Right. Yeah. I That's don't, the way. I don't just drink it and throw it away. I can tell by there's hardly any plastic left on it, Barry. You, you're <laughs> certainly a, a, a green warrior. I should get a, a decent one rather than this this one, but... Um, and if you can reuse, then then reuse. But if you've got plastic that can't be reused, like straws, that's I, I don't know if you've seen the photos in uh, Asia and also in the middle of the Pacific where there's this whirlpool of plastic in the ocean. Yes, I've seen it. Oh, it's dreadful. Oh, it's horrible, yeah. yeah. And that's just people throwing it overboard or it comes down the rivers and washes into the oceans. Yeah. I get really annoyed at the the rubbish around the place. I think I've mentioned this to you before. You go up Bell's Line of Road after the long weekends and there's rubbish all along the street. Mm. A lot of it is plastic. It washes down into the creek, gets yeah. into the river. tosses. Yeah. It's annoying because we had that big campaign for years and for years our, our roads were really clean yep. but now you sort of notice some of it creeping back in and I, tell, I don't know if they just do it at dark or something. Who does that? It's annoying. It's probably. I don't know. Is it young people or is it just you know idiots? If you see someone do it, you can dob them in. Yeah. There's a dob in a tosser website where you take a photo of them or just record their number plate if you can and send it in, and they they can get fined. Yep. Yeah. But that's to me that's punishment afterwards. They they shouldn't throw it out in the first. Oh, place, I know. You know yeah. like, There's a mattress out my way just up a couple of k's on the road there. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. And I, I shout out to the. Uh, Lollipop man at Kermon Primary School. Every day he walks up and down the, the road between Kermon. I've and, seen him, yeah. And he does a great job. The the, the Bell's Line Road is spotless. And then you have a weekend to come back and it's all, yeah. you know. Must be out of towns or something, I'm not sure. I think they must be tourists going through and yeah. just chucking it out because I don't think local people would treat their roads like that, but I, well, I hope they don't. No, no, you, you you wouldn't think so. And the first step is don't use the plastic in the first place. Oh, uh, that's right. Yep. Okay, where are we? Um, the Hawkesbury Fest online from 3rd of August to the 9th of August. Yeah, look, we, we have a Hawkesbury Fest every year which is based, well, was based around local government week um, where we had things running where people could go to, you know, the, the library or the museum and what have you, well... Obviously, we can't do that this year, but we're doing it online. And if you go to our uh, Facebook page, the Hawkesbury Events Facebook page, you'll find a whole list of things that are happening on online that people can get involved in. Uh, people can um, um, participate in various kind of art competitions, etc. So it's all on there between the 3rd and 9th of August. Right. And... Um, if you are one of those people who's stuck at home, then have a look at that. You'll probably find a connection you can make to the community. For sure. And, and that's, um, what's it, www.facebook.com slash Hawkesbury Events. Yes. Once again, if you go to our webpage, Website, yep. Hawkesbury Events, it should come up. 
It'll be good when they all come back on because you know we, you know, uh, Christmas in the park and all these other things that council put on coming around Christmas. Let's hope that it's all getting relaxed and you know it's like when I go bush, um, you know the Trundle Bush Tucker Weekend and you Garrish Show and all these. Mm. And they're trying to get some form up in the bush of getting these people back to the bush as well. We've done it tough, but the bush is doing it tougher. We, you know, they had the drought, then, the, you know, the, the, they've had a bit of rain, which is great. I was up there on the weekend, the other side of Orange and up through parks, all nice and green. They're doing it great and it's great to see the bush um, getting back to well, getting back to way it was too, especially with the events that bring money into the town. So that's all good. We can open it up, but let's hope we don't get like Victoria and have that little... You know, that little lapse. And I, I think these protesters, you know, these Black Lives Matter, I think they're way way out of um, line doing these things and uh, these people held up in motels and that. Uh, it's as bad as it gets. You know, they talk about that second wave. It looks like they might get it down there. But I don't know. What's your thoughts there, Barry? Um, well, in 1918, the second wave was bigger than the first wave. Mm. The was Spanish that the black, flu? Spanish flu, I think, yeah. or the Black Plague, yeah. yeah. You've got to be really careful because, and I've said this before, people get complacent. You know, we, we tend to, we slow it down. It looks like it's slowing down and going away and people say, oh, it's over now. Mm. And out they go and, uh, and it just comes back in, in bigger and bolder than it was before. So yeah. uh, people, you <clears throat> must be patient. You, you must you must not think it's all over because it's not. <clears throat> and I, I doubt it. I have doubts that we'll be able to hold our Christmas thing this year, I think. Even by Christmas. Okay, yep. We'll still, still be, be worrying. We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. <clears throat> but I I'm, can't promise anything. No, I, I'd be surprised if we could do that, but hopefully we will. Mm. And the other thing is that the um, <clears throat> not only do people get complacent, but there's people walking around saying it doesn't exist, that it's a conspiracy, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell that to the thousands of people that are dying in America. It, well, yeah. You know, it's just a conspiracy. You're yeah. not really dead. Well, yes, they are. Like yeah. 10 million cases and I think they're up to half a million deaths or something, a bit over that. And yeah. We're 140-odd in America alone, but they, you know. Yeah. It is serious and we've got to keep treating it that way. And I know Victoria, you know, they just, it's just luck, I think. They got the short straw with this this turn. And yeah. It could be our turn next. It's could, just could be. it's all luck. Building Hawkesbury future projects now. Um, well, you got a lot of uh, bit in the road uh, in the pipeline there, Barry. Well, as you know, one of the first things I wanted to do when I <clears throat> took on this job was to get the roads and footpaths built because um, there's been a big backlog in those things, and I think we've we managed the last two years to to get quite a lot done. Right. Tizana Road, Ebenezer, Terrace Road, Freeman's Reach, Wallace Road, Vineyard, um, Grosswold Road, Grosswold. They're all uh, either finished or nearly finished. Right. Um, we're looking to refurbish the Oasis Centre, <coughs> Aquatic Centre. That's not open yet, is it? Oh, uh, no. I don't think so. I was got to ring them, actually, because... I haven't had a sauna and a spa or a steam for about three months now. <laughs> Actually, um, no, I, I might be, I might have that wrong. I think I saw a press release last week that it's open again. So. Yeah, I'll have to ring them because <coughs> I've been a member there for years. Yeah, you so. should check that out. Yeah, I'll, you, you probably might have to make an appointment to you know, have probably a steam not. or something yeah. like that. Now, um, Bar- We're fixing the Memorial Park at Currajong and that should start this month. Um, right. We did a community survey on that and... Gave people some options and they told us which one they wanted. Right. Um, and that's that's going to be built. I drove past two days ago and it hadn't started yet, but um, 
It's supposed to be starting in July. Uh, we're looking to fix up Stanix Park Road, Ebenezer, and Shepherds Road, Freeman's Reach, Kermond Road, <coughs> North Richmond. Now, Kermond Road's taken a bit of a battering because of the um, closure of Freeman's Reach Road, so it is on our radar that that's going to be fixed. Right. Uh, Bull Ridge Road, East Currajong. There's also supposed to be four new roundabouts in South Windsor and looking at reconstructing the curb and traffic signals at East Market Street, Richmond, which um, I think has already started. Now, all that is on our um, website as well. So if you, you want to know what we're doing and when we're doing it, you go to um, Hawkesbury website and just look up uh, infrastructure projects. It'll tell you. Yeah, Kerman Road. There's a lot of roads out there to be fixed. But, um, okay, Barry, uh, let's go back to Stanix Park Road, Ebenezer. Now, you've got some paperwork there. I didn't want to ambush you with this. We are at a meeting uh, last Sunday in the park there near the fire brigade at Ebenezer. Uh, there must have been about 60, 50, 60 people. Susan Templeman was there and some other people from council. I know you say you weren't invited to this. But we have this um, objection of a um, industrial size uh Crusher going in at 88, um, 99 Sergeant's Road, Ebenezer, and that's off uh, Stanix Park Road. Now, this is an absolute nightmare for us locals. Like, many people will know that Ebenezer is only probably about a three, three kilometres in uh, circumference. And uh, we had a lot of people, I was there, and a lot of people were very angry about this, um, uh, th- to this development. Now, some of the little, some of the facts of it is it's, uh, They've bought the land. I was down there a, a week or so ago and apparently um, I'm my next-door neighbour, Paul Lawrence. Shout out to you, Paul, if you're out there. He gave me a 30-page dossier on this uh, with every objection. He really done his homework well. Good on you, Paul. And all the other people involved with this as well. Now, um, I didn't get um, – if you, unless you've got the same fence line or you're adjacent, council doesn't tell you about these things, right? And that's just the way things roll. So Eileen found out a couple of weeks ago and I I was talking to one uh, Natalie Piggott, which is the deputy um, planner uh, for the Hawkesbury. I don't, you, I don't know if you know Natalie. You would know Natalie. Would you, John, um, Barry? Yes, yes. Natalie Piggott? Mm-hmm. Right. And so at that meeting, you know, we decided to send – um, all you guys, this reference to this, um, to this so-called dumping area at Ebenezer, we're a little bit sick of it because we have Dog Pro on the same road, Stanix Park Road, and we have Better Grow, which is a uh, under the pretense of um, landscape recycling, which this mob is coming in from uh, Reevesby. Some builder mob want to bring and dump twenty thousand tons annually. Um, of uh, recycled uh, materials, um, so I'm not sure. I'll just take this barrel because it could be one of these guys. Hello, Hawksby Radio. Good, Wilco. Yes, okay, mate. I'm just interviewing the mayor here, but I thought it was someone else. Bye. He. That was Wilco. He just wanted to borrow my computer. Good on you, mate. You need to get another secretary. <laughs> I think so. We'll sack him. <laughs> right, they, now they're telling us 20,000 tonnes are going to be recycled here. 20 uh, trucks, 23 to 48 tonnes. Mm. Um, and uh, they're going to start at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning till 6 at night, seven, six days a week. Yep. Now, um, 
we've had um, all these people complaining. I suppose you've been bombarding all these people down here. We don't want these people. It's not zoned industrial. We have um, we have um, uh, Wilberforce there where they um, there's this industrial area. Mm. They've been there for many years. We don't mind that. They're all in, you know, a 10-acre lot there. But now increasingly we see them come up Stenic Park Road, talk about road rehabilitation there. Uh, Sergeant's Road, in this 30-page document, they're saying they're up the council to fix that road. We've got to have these people, especially down Sergeant's Road, are absolute livid that their way of life is going to be crushed by these uh, these trucks, these forty five ton trucks, and when they, and they say it's like two an hour, like you know, once they get the sign off these mobs, it'll be twenty two an hour. Mm. Now we are, <clears throat> the storm is coming if this is passed. Now we know if it don't get passed by council, um, the EPA they will go to the EPA. Well, would that be would that be uh, something they might do? No. Um. It doesn't. It doesn't actually get passed by council. What? A couple of years ago, the state government introduced what's called planning panels, and there's one called the Sydney West Planning Panel, and the state government took away a lot of the powers from councils and gave them to these panels. Right. This item would be decided by that panel. Are they locals? Some of them are, but they're not elected like us councillors. They are appointed by the government. Right. So they may be – well, they're all experts and, and they do look at things as objectively as they can, but they're not elected. Uh, and so, so you know, just clarify that. So that these are, are these people that we know who this board is? Is there someone we can contact? Are they faceless, uncontactable people? They have meetings if it, and, and you can go to the meetings and listen. Okay. Um, and you could, I mean, I know who they are, but I'm not going to, some of them are uh, local identities that you. We're you, not trying to, I'm not trying to malign them here. No, I'm not either. I'm just, I don't want to give out their details. You, you could, it's probably on, uh, if you go to website and look for the, what's called the IHAP, the Independent Hearing and Assessment Panel. Right. Uh, it should have all the panels there and it'll tell you who's on them. Now, what council's role is, is firstly, <clears throat> this person puts in an application to council and we look at it. And what's happened so far is I think it, um, people in the area have been notified that he's put in an application. Well and truly now, yeah. Um, and asked for res responses. That comes back to council staff. Council staff will look at it and see whether what he's proposing is allowable or whether it's got problems. In the first instance, however, it is permissible because that area there is, is zoned RU1, which is rural, and in rural one, this is permissible. But just because it's permissible doesn't mean you can do it. It means you can ask to do it. Right. And they've asked to do it. And my talking with the council staff is that this has got a lot of problems and he's he's looking to put a whole lot of fill and remove a whole lot of trees and there's conflicts between him and the neighbours in terms of land use and also it would cost council a lot of money to maintain those roads. For sure. So council is probably, uh, council staff are probably going to send it back to him and say, no, we don't support this and we'd like you to withdraw it. He then, he can withdraw his application or if he doesn't like that, he can then go to that 
panel and say, I don't accept that. Um, I And the I, panel is? The Sydney West Planning Panel. Okay. Those people appointed by the government, not elected by the residents. About four years ago they were brought in <clears throat> and the panel will decide. And the panel could decide, yes, um, this is all right, go, can go ahead. Um, it's totally up to them. But they they will listen to council's um, report, council staff's report, and if the staff say that it's not workable because of these reasons, then usually usually they follow what our report is, but they don't have to. Okay. So firstly, it's not council allowing this, and you can send me stuff if you want. I'm happy to read it, but it's not really our decision this matter has not come to council and probably never will. Okay. Um, well, just to see the, the cruts of what's happening here, the, the footprint of this proposal, uh, this land, uh, this, well, landscape material crushing from all over Sydney, uh, so we'll be a dumping ground for Sydney waste with this crushing machine. It's got a footprint of 20,000 square metres. The shed alone that's going to house this crusher, industrial size crusher is 2,000 square metres. So you know, I look at my back shed and it's 7 metres by 7 metres. So you look at something 2,000 square metres. Now just thinking about the impact, I'm, I'm probably the closest 240 metres from my door. I have a, I have a son with a, with a, a TBI, a, a, a traumatic brain injury. He got hit by a car back in 2001. Now, you know, he's got migraines and he has epilepsy. One can only imagine how he's going to go with this thing. It's, that's just one episode. Everyone out there's got a story, Barry. Um, the bird life will be gone. They say in spray, oh, they've got to spray water. Nothing will run into the, um, the um, uh, chain of ponds, runs into it. No, no, that'll be right. So they, they, no noise, no dust, no water runoff. Um, they're, they're saying all this. I doubt it very much. And it's like these other piece, these other uh, mobs that come up that we didn't want, never heard about in Stanix Park Road, Dog Pro and uh, the other landscape mob, Better Grow. We don't want them there. It's not industrial. We don't want us. You, 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 Ebenezer is uh, one of the oldest towns in uh, the Hawkesbury, uh, hundreds of years old. We have the oldest church. We don't have traffic lights and we don't even have a shop. So we don't want these people here and all the listeners out there know that. And there's so many stories from so many people. Uh, conic life, as I said, uh, wildlife will be gone. Um, life won't be the same for everyone. So um, if this gets passed, the storm is coming. And um, Oh, I, I understand. I was I was out there just two weeks ago getting photos taken on Stanix Park Road of some of the work that's happening. It's a beautiful part of the world. and uh, It is. needs to stay that way. And council is not supporting this It's because it doesn't go to council. Council staff get asked to make a report and they're doing that. Right. And from what I hear, the report will be negative. The report will say, no, we we can't support this. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> if, the, uh, if the owner doesn't want to listen to that, he can then go to the panel and ask the panel to decide. It goes right past councillors. We yeah. Don't, we don't get that's, a say. Yeah, well, then that's fair enough, Barry. <laughs> so yeah, We can help you. We can... We can get out there and if you're having meetings or whatever, we can help you, we can give you advice and we can assist in any way we can, but in, in ultimately it's not our decision. Yeah, and that's fair enough, Barry. Um, but in this 30-page dossier that was given to me by my neighbour, uh, they, they're virtually saying that uh, council has got to um, 
fix um, Stenix Park Road and down all the way down to Sergeant's Road where you'd like to get two push bikes to cross each other, let alone uh, trucks on a daily basis. I think I read out a minute ago, Stenix Park Road is on our list. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, like, the rate pay I'll be paying for all those trucks uh, thumping up there and wrecking it all again. Well, we don't want to wreck it again. We want to mm. fix it and keep it for a while. And um, so so there won't be rip fix for long now if all those trucks are thundering up there like they normally do. No, it won't. And, and that'll be part of the staff's report that the uh, the roads would have to be upgraded. I mean, it's not just a matter of a few bits of tar. If you've got those many trucks, you've got to dig the road out and put a whole new base in and make it, you know, twice as thick as it is. Yeah, yeah. I was in the road game many years ago. I know what's involved, you know, yeah. when trucks just pull them all apart. And yeah. So that's big money and we don't, we don't have that money. <clears throat> and, and ratepayers would not shouldn't have to pay it, and is, and he wants to remove too many trees and bring, yes, bring in too much fill. Oh well, the fill's four meters and the shed's ten, so I'll be able to see it you, yep. with my place on Dead End Dirt Road, Claw Road, right? Yep. You can't see the forest for the trees. It's that beautiful. You wake up to hummingbirds and whipbirds every morning. Now this this monstrosity, I will be able to see it above my tree line. It's mm. that close to me. Yeah. And I went down there the other day, and there was um. They've already put a dozen uh, pallets of uh, scaffolding. So I don't know whether they've already got, they think they've got the sign-off on this. And, um, well, the name Ibrahim. Um, Ibrahim strikes a little um, note with a lot of people. We see that name come up in the papers from time to time and uh, not for all the good reasons, that's for sure. Well, I don't know who it is um, and, and it doesn't matter who it is. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm just based, throwing that in. based on whether it meets all the requirements or not. And uh, Yes, obviously. Apparently it doesn't. Good. But it's not our decision, and uh, I think maybe some people didn't invite me to their rally because they thought I was supporting it, but I'm not. No, I'll I tell you what, Barry. I didn't know anything about it. Until I, well, as, as a lot of them didn't. I didn't even know about it the Saturday when I went bush, yeah. and then I come back on Friday, rather, and I, then I come back on the on the Sunday because I had to be there. And um, I know if I'd, if I didn't know, and I'd have invited you, I know you would have been there. Yep. Susan Templeman and other uh, uh, council, a couple other council people was there. And um, the anger's deep. And I can't. I can't speak for all the councillors, but I, I know it was mentioned the other night at a meeting, and most councillors, or all the ones who spoke, said, "How can this happen?" And yeah. they're not in favour of it. So I'm, you know, as I said, we're happy to support the residents, and yep. um, but don't think we're pushing it through because we're not. No. Okay, Barry, we appreciate that. We've got about five minutes to two o'clock. We appreciate it. It's good to see you again, old mate. And uh, you got we're doing some positive things in the Hawkesbury. COVID's got in our way for a couple of months, but it's good to see you back doing some good things. We're going to save Windsor Bridge, yep. uh, Corvett. We've got uh, the Bushfire Recovery, uh, Hawkesbury Business Hub. Yes, and, and don't forget July 19th. Uh, July 19th. Ring the bell. Book yourself in. Come along and ring the bell at Thompson Square to save the bridge. It's about showing the Premier how many people actually want to ring the bell and tell her to save the bridge. And it wouldn't be good if we got Channel 9, 7 or one of those out there. We had Channel 9 last week and I asked them to come back and hopefully right. they will. And if anyone knows any celebrities that can come out and ring the bell and bring ring them the on, bell. we'll book them in and we'll take photos of them ringing the bell as well. Celebrities like Gary here, you know. <laughs> and you, mate, without the change. You, you want to get up there with the change to make it all official. But it's starting to come good, old Windsor Ridge. I go it all the time. We're feeling for people out at Freeman's Reach because, you know, the, that Freeman's Reach road's been blocked off now for yeah. a month or so. So but It'll be open soon, I believe. Okay. 
And that's all part of that same project. Well, from Wilberforce, we'll have to give way to them now, where they used to have to give way to us for 30 years. Well, no, if you know the the rules of the road, you give way to traffic that is already on the roundabout. That's right. But we always seem to give way to the right, though, don't we? That's not the rule. That's not the rule. So there's there's two lanes coming on virtually, isn't there? Mm. And then so if you can take that inside lane and then you can fight over who gets on the bridge first. Yeah, well, if, if there's a car on the roundabout already... Even if it's over the other side, you're supposed to stop and wait for it. Yeah, Whether right. it's on your right or your left or what side it's on. But people people do the give way to the right rule, which disappeared about 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, well, it's just old habits die hard, I think. Yeah. But again, Barry Calvert, our mayor, thanks for coming in, old mate, and we will see you probably in a fortnight's time. Yeah, you definitely will. I'll see you then.